morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 6th of July, and my name is Helen Freer. So we had the minutes from the Fed's June meeting out yesterday. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with my colleague Bernadette Anderko. Then Norbert Rooker will update us on the oil market, and we have Nicola Jordan with us as well. He'll give us an update from the CIO office. But let's start with the latest market news. Good morning, Bernadette. Good morning, Helen. So I mentioned it just now. Let's start with the Fed meeting minutes. What were the key takeaways here and how did markets react? Yeah, well, uh, Helen, these minutes were eagerly awaited. You'll remember that uh, the committee members decided against hiking rates last month, um, and those minutes were released yesterday, showing that the committee paused rate hikes in order to allow them to assess the impact of the previous 10 hikes. But there was some disagreement amongst members, with some saying that rates should go higher as inflation remains elevated. Undoubtedly, the Fed sees more hikes ahead, but uh, perhaps at a slower pace. U.S. markets uh, ended the day lower, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average slipping 0.38%, and the S&P 500 was just off 0.2%. Both indexes there snapping uh, three-day winning streaks. Um, the Nasdaq Composite slipped 0.18%, and that rounded off the losses in all three indexes. Um, traders are looking ahead to U.S. jobs data over the next two days in order to illuminate uh, a possible path for interest rates now. Uh, U.S. Treasuries rose two basis points to 3.95%, adding to gains uh, yesterday, and they were spurred by uh, these minutes, obviously. (laughs) The two-year rate inched up to 4.96%. And I saw that Asian markets have basically followed suit this morning. They're all down so far. Have you got a few details there? Yes, um, Asia-Pacific markets saw sharp losses after those Fed minutes, uh, with the equity benchmarks across Asia falling this morning. As you say, Hong Kong shares leading the losses Hang Seng's off more than 3% today. Um, In mainland China, it's not such a bad story. The Shanghai Composite was down 0.5%. The Shenzhen component was off 0.4%. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 and Topics are both off by more than 1%. In South Korea, the Kospi's off almost 1% and the Kostak's down nearly 2%. Um, added to the Fed minutes, Chinese investors don't expect their policymakers to unveil aggressive stimulus or big economic reforms at a key meeting expected later this month. Traders had been hoping for more. Um, they've had a slew of disappointing data recently, including the latest Chinese services industry um, release, which came out yesterday. Asian investors are also digesting the news that Chinese banks have stopped buying bonds issued in the Shanghai Free Trade Zone after heightened regulatory scrutiny. And and that's a development that hurts uh, local government financing vehicles. And finally, sticking with China, the central bank extended support for the yuan via a stronger daily reference rate a day after one of its flagship newspapers published commentary stating that the country's got ample tools to stabilise the weakening currency. Other efforts to shore up the yuan included a decision among China's largest banks to reduce rates on the country's $453 billion in corporate US dollar deposits. That's the second cut in a matter of weeks. Okay, and in commodities and currencies, anything significant to report there? Not really, Helen. Um, Oil edged higher to compound a rally on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to Norbert's update there. Um, Gold rose 0.2%, while Bitcoin traded flat, just around $30,000. And uh, moves in major currencies were relatively muted, aside from the yen, strengthening around 0.3% versus the dollar. Um, I think traders are likely to keep a keen eye on both the yen and the yuan again, with no end in sight to the broad downward pressure on those currencies. 
And in terms of other news, we've got the US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen going to Beijing today. I think we have to mention that. Yes, that's right. Um, She touches down in Beijing today in order to attempt to repair this uh, relationship between the world's two largest economies. She is expected to meet with um, senior officials, and it's good that this trip is going ahead, given that yesterday China unexpectedly cancelled a European Union High Representative for Foreign Affairs visit to China. And Meta have launched their rival to Twitter called Threads. Do you have a few more details on this? A few, yes. Um, So Meta Platform's Instagram has officially unveiled threads. Uh, This is an app designed as a direct rival to Twitter. And that's, of course, seen as the most serious threat yet to Elon Musk's struggling social media site. People can apparently post text and links and reply to or repost messages from others. Uh, The app is going to let users port over their existing follower lists and their account names from Instagram. The app garnered more than 5 million signups in its first few hours. As of the Wednesday launch of threads, uh, Twitter is still limiting how many tweets per day users can view, um, a measure that Elon Musk calls temporary, in order to fend off data scrapers and bots. Now, let's look at today. What's coming up data-wise? Well, there's a series of US employment reports, which I think are the key thing to watch out for, Helen. Um, We've got some today and tomorrow. The so-called JOLTS report of job openings today is expected to show a tapering of available positions and a separate measure of jobless claims is anticipated to tick higher um, in a sign of the cooling in the labour market. So we've got initial jobless claims, trade and ISM services. And then tomorrow, well, it's already non-farm payrolls time. And how are markets looking today? Well, having closed lower yesterday, I'm afraid the futures are indicating a lower open again today for both European and um, US stock markets. So um, good luck to investors. That's it from me. Great. Thanks a lot, Bernadette, for the roundup this morning. Now, Norbert, thank you for joining the podcast this morning as well. So we're talking about oil. What were the latest twists in oil politics this week? Yeah, early this week, we saw that uh, Saudi Arabia basically announced to extend its unilateral move. So basically, the one million barrels per day cut by another month. So not only less supply in July, but also less supply in August. And uh, basically, sticking to the terminology, they introduced... um, Back last month, they just offer basically another lollipop out of the sweets box to their peers. What you also heard is that Russia decided to stand by its ally and also cuts another uh, 0.7, 0.5 million barrels a day next month. If we zoom out a bit with this oil politics news, there's really a bit of a drama in the oil market under the surface because there's a standoff. There's a standoff between the patronations, namely Saudi Arabia, which are looking for higher prices, and then the less visible counterpart, the speculators, uh, which are betting even on lower prices. And how have markets reacted to this? The big surprise really is not that much that we heard this announcement, so another twist in, in oil politics, but the biggest surprise is really how calmly oil prices reacted so far. If you look back at the day of the announcement came, there was initially a very short bounce, but even at that day, um, basically oil, oil prices traded flat and they continue to trade roughly flat uh, since early this week. If you look at the market fundamentally, uh, the oil market remains quite well supplied. Storage looks ample in the Western world and also anecdotally in China. Yes, there is some manufacturing softness, but if you look at consumption, road food consumption, it's pretty much robust, reflecting healthy consumer spending, full employment. And uh, the additional demand seems to be well offset by growth out of North America and other parts of the world, including some of the patronations. So this cut most likely can be absorbed. However, this calmness of the oil market looking at 
how flat prices are trading as of late should not distract from the existing fragilities. And there's basically three of them. First, the very pronounced bearish market mood. Usually such a mood comes with reversal risk so that suddenly prices move in the other direction swiftly and temporarily. Um, the second element is that Saudi Arabia most likely is very nervous because uh, if such kind of oil politics measures don't show up in any kind of price moves, that should make yourself nervous in terms of the control you have of the market. And the, the third point is that there's always been this bullish narrative that the oil market should tighten because of demand strength in the second half of the year, but it just doesn't show up yet in the figures. So maybe then also some of the uh, assumptions need to be uh, revised going forward. Overall, we stick to a neutral view, but expect more wild price swings going forward because of these existing fragilities. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Norbert, for the update. And let's finish off with you, Nicola. Good to have you with us this morning. So markets have been fairly calm recently. What can you share from the CIO office? What are your latest thoughts? Thank you, Ellen, and good morning, everyone. Well, you said it correctly. In general, it's pretty quiet on our side at the moment. Markets are more or less moving sideways. Not too much interesting economic data is coming in these days. And no further cracks in the system has, have appeared for now. So in general, we just keep calmly observing the markets and stay focused for when the bigger picture starts to change. So does that mean that your asset allocation is more or less set for the summer then? Well, obviously, we cannot be sure about that at this point in time. I mean, this year we have seen how fast things can change and a seemingly calm environment can turn into a storm. But what I can definitely say is that we are very comfortable with our current, current asset allocation. We continue to be overweight in equities, but our barbell approach, mixing secular growth stocks with defensive quality stocks, makes it very resilient. We continue to be slightly underweight in fixed income, but also there we focus on quality segment, which should continue to do well in the coming month. And finally, we are still slightly overweight in cash, not because we think this is a good safety net during a downturn, but because it gives us the flexibility to deploy cash quickly if we see some short-term opportunities arise this summer. So if I understand correctly then, you remain bullish for the next couple of months, is that correct? Yes, we definitely believe the bull market will continue for another couple of months. But it's very important to note that this does not mean that it will only go up from here. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago already, but sentiment has turned very positive again, and this is usually not the best sign for short-term market developments. So we think and we are actually a bit waiting for it, that the market will somewhat retract soon. But this drawdown will then lead to a further extension of the longer term rally. That's it from my side. Back to you, Helen. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much, Nicola. So that is all for today. Thanks very much to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be speaking to more of our colleagues, including Tim Gagey on currencies. And I'll be joined by Kelly Chia too for part two of this week's deep dive into equities. Until then, have a great day, everyone. And bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. 
We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.